Hello, lovely listeners. Rebecca and Jen here to serve you up another double-double dose of reality. We are going into week five, and this week's recipe we have... We went non-alcoholic today. We went with a classic oat milk latte. It was very much needed after the loss of sleep I've had this past week. (laughs) Jen was doing night shoots. Night shoots and old landlords moving out and new ones moving in and a whole bunch of noise. Very little sleep for me. I had a migraine early this week, so the alcohol wasn't needed this week. We'll be back next week. But feel free to add your own choice of alcohol to your latte if you see fit. Bailey's, Kahlua, good choices there. Rum chata. Have you ever had that stuff? It's really good. It's delicious. I would recommend it. Very good in coffee. But Bailey's is an OG. I've seen salted caramel Bailey's now at the liquor yes. store, and I kind of want to try it. I feel like it'd be really good in like an iced coffee, too, in the summertime. All right, so episode four, quick, quick recap. We saw a whole lot of dates. Three group dates, plus a one-on-one date. Lots happening. And then we had Chelsea, Brie, and Michelle get date roses, and it ends with Katie telling Matt about the mean girling in the house in the toxic environment. Matt just ran a train through getting rid of these bitches this week. Oh, yeah. We opened the episode with another spoiler. Mm-hmm. I still don't like those, but they're getting a little bit better. This one, Victoria's crying about possibly being sent home. Yeah. About how she's literally going to die if she gets sent home. Yeah, she's a full-on freak-out panic mode. We have the visual of Victoria and Kit going on a walk. Oh, right. <laughs> it's very, like, sharks versus jets, like... <laughs> they're on a walk ryan and Brittany are on a walk they walk past each other mm-hmm. give each other an over-the-shoulder death stare and victoria talks about how they haven't even started hazing the new girls i don't know if it's really a thing up here but in the states hazing happens a lot when you join a sorority or fraternity and it's something that was banned and is illegal to do because some of the hazing would get so out of control that people would actually would die would die and be degraded on such a level that they were like this is not for fun this is actually dangerous so the fact that she mentions that again speaks to her mentality of what she deems is okay or not and then she calls them like disgusting we see through this episode that victoria really is she's a mean girl with like no sense of herself she really doesn't seem to understand how ridiculous she sounds not just that, but the, the awareness of other people and how she, what she says affects other people. She just doesn't care. No. She has no concern whatsoever of anybody else's feelings. And even if she hurts other people's feelings, she just kind of brushes it off as saying, well, that's not what I meant. Why are you saying those things anyways? Matt walks into the rose ceremony and he mm-hmm. comes in and he's saying he wants to address the toxic environment. And that if you're having to belittle people in order to shine, that's mm-hmm. not a characteristic he wants in his wife. Yeah. Which makes sense. I also wouldn't want that in someone I was with. You can see Anna. She's visibly uncomfortable. She goes all crest white strips teeth on it. I've seen quite a few jokes about that. But like the way she talks always looks like she's like sticking her teeth forward. Oh yeah. Teeth first. Teeth first. 100%. She walks into a room teeth first. She knows that it's about her. And she immediately in the camera interviews and stuff, she backtracks and she says she made a mistake. And now she regrets it so much. And it's not part of her character who she is. And I'm like, she's just saying that now because she's being held accountable. 
100%. She got caught. That's the only reason any of this remorse is coming out. So Matt grabs Brit first because she's the one that the rumors have been spread about. He pulls her aside to talk to her about what happened. She says that Anna was running around the house spreading this rumor that she was an escort. I don't know if Anna was running around the house doing it. I think she just brought it up in a group date, didn't she? I think she brought it up in the group date, but then the rumor ran itself around the house. Like yeah. Like, definitely around the hotel, not a house. Yeah, <laughs> around the... Around the resort. But yeah, it made its way. It made its way around. Everyone knew. It's like you know, my mom watches the show. She's gonna hear about this. This could be bad for me. Yeah, and regardless of whether it's true or not true, again, Anna had no right calling her out and trying to make her feel bad for that. Yeah, it wasn't her place to talk about it. He pulls Anna aside. Mm-hmm. Anna just starts like freaking out, mm-hmm. saying about how she said this thing one time and it was a mistake. We saw in the last episode, she literally couldn't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Every person she talked to, her with Victoria, her with Kit, I think, her with MJ. At one point, she's Victoria. She's like, at least I'm not an escort. And she's talking to everyone about how she's an escort. What really bothered me in this whole thing, besides her fake crying. So in acting school, one of the things that we were taught and also I was called out for doing, when you're trying to force yourself to cry or make it look like you're crying... You put your head in your hands so that you kind of hide your face and you do all the other things that make you seem like you're crying. You make the little noises, you scrunch up your face. That's fake emotion. That's fake crying. Just stuff to get your body into thinking that you're in the fight or flight mode and mm-hmm. to cry. I know I, I still don't know how to cry on camera. It's a hard thing to do. And some people it's easy for them to do that. And some people it's hard. But Anna was trying so hard to get those tears to come out, and there was not a drop. My trick is now when someone tells, when a director tells me I need to cry, is I just, I had to do this last year with something, and the director was like, I want you to cry, and it was, I was already prepped for the scene, and I was like, okay, I can't cry. I find it very difficult to cry. My thing now that I'll do is I'll hold my eyes open till they water, and they'll water enough that it's like I'll get some... (laughs) Well, even actors don't cry in every single time that they're called to cry. That's what they have the eye drops for. They blow air into your eyes. There's the onion trick, the pepper trick. Like, there's all these other tricks to make you think that they are crying. But Anna did all the things, and there was not a drop. Her eyes were dry. There was no actual real tears. Okay, I remember what my, the thing that bothered me the most was. She said that she, she had to address this rumor, and she was glad she addressed this rumor. Why did you have to address it? No one, when Brittany walked in, went, wow, she's a hooker. No one was talking about it. She's the one who literally popped up and was like, people have told me to watch out for her, because she hangs out with dudes for money. Why are you glad that you addressed the rumor that you started? She didn't have to talk about it at all. Whether she got messages about about Brittany or not, that was just not for her to talk about. And Matt actually lets her go. He says he can understand that she said something that she regrets and she wants to take back and he's been in that situation before too, but he can't in good conscience like let her stay in the house or in the resort knowing that she was part of the reason that there was this toxic environment and that the women didn't feel safe. And we both said, I think, if it had been a girl that he really liked, he would have given her another shot. Yeah, there wasn't anything between them anyways. It's not like they really spent a lot of time together. I don't think it really took a lot for him to say, you need to leave. And so we say goodbye to Anna. Before he talked to Anna, Anna and MJ were talking to each other 
and were going, oh, we need to talk to him. They were plotting a way to make it seem like they they were the good guys in this situation. I think MJ was trying to do that more than Anna. Anna was just like, oh my god, he's going to talk to me about, about yeah. stuff. But MJ denies that there it was any toxicity in the house. And she's saying that there it's not a toxic environment and people were getting along. And I'm like, so did Chelsea. What kind of ignorance is that? And that pissed me off because you might be ignorant to it because it's not directed at you. But just because it's not directed at you doesn't mean it's but not happening. 75% of the girls, the original ones who were there, could have been kicked out for shit that they said. Because yeah. how many of them commented on it? Or joined in in the mom mentality. Yeah. Right. Anna, Victoria, and MJ were more of the leaders on that because they made comments, the varsity versus JV stuff, which comes up later, and bringing up the escort stuff. And then some of the other girls kind of just joined in and had fun with it, which is not okay either. It doesn't make them not culpable just because they weren't the leaders of it. I mean, he can't get rid of the majority of the house yet, so... It's true. <laughs> just the blatantly bitchy ones. As soon as people see Anna leave... There's all this apologizing oh, happening. they knew. They were like, oh, fuck, we're yeah. next. If, if I don't yeah. build some bridges here, So I'm we next. see we see Victoria apologizing. So everything was a joke. It and was never joke. serious. Oh, my God. It we was a joke. Nothing that I do is malicious. And then you see Kit saying, I'm sorry, I wasn't more open and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Kit, you were part of it. Victoria was talking to you about how... The other women were disgusting and about hazing the other women. You're Kit. not innocent or ignorant to all of that. Do you remember when Kit told Sarah that she would make the rest of her time in the house hell? And we just we just glazed over that. Nobody we, mentioned No one that. mentioned that shit again. Ryan is like, this is so fake because you're only saying this now because Matt is calling people out and pulling people in and talking to them and sending people home. She then goes to talk to Matt and she mentions Victoria and her behavior you know saying the toast about the here's to the OGs and ostracizing the new ones and also saying to Ryan because Ryan is a dancer choreographer that she's a hoe that's not something that you call another woman unless you have a close relationship and that kind of understanding with her yeah you can't just throw that term out because they're again like similar to the escort there's a lot that comes with that and so for you to throw that out and not know her in that way is not okay when matt talks to victoria she just again tries to brush it off as like oh well it was out of context and he's like you know, your words are powerful. And what exactly is the context that calling someone else a hoe is acceptable? And yeah. she had no response for that. And I loved how he said that because that was a grown ups response. And you can't just throw shit out because it's funny to you. Well, You're not a professional Vi comedian. Victoria doesn't take anything seriously. She thinks she's the queen. She thinks she can say whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to come after her. We can't sort her out at all. Her dress. We see the bra What's in the What's with back. the bra straps? Can someone... <sighs> did no producer tell this... But No, they didn't, of course. No. Can some... No other girl would tell this bitch that her bra no. is constantly showing? Get some fucking nipple pasties. Nobody's going to tell her shit because she can't even talk to any of them about anything. She goes and talks to the producers in earshot of the women and calls them idiots and how they have nothing in their head. And how she's the perfect one for Matt. Oh my god. This girl who looks like she's been punched in both eyeballs. Denies her toxicity. Says she doesn't contribute any of that to the house, but yet is the one that's calling them idiots and, like, brainless. With Victoria. I've seen a couple people talking about why would they cast Victoria. Rachel Lindsay talking about why would they cast Victoria. It's a TV show. 
Mm-hmm. The point is ratings and to make money. We talked about this when we were watching it. If you're only watching people find love, mm-hmm. you're going to be bored to death. Yeah. You know, you cast your Victorias, your Chads, your Corins, your Luke P's. Well, they're entertaining. Yeah. They have a different kind of personality. They bring a different flavor. And you need that to make it interesting watching. Well, they're combative, right? Yes. They're they're not the kind of girls who are just going to go in a corner and cry about their time. Girls are guys who are going to be combative and start some drama. Mm -hmm. That makes it interesting to watch. So I don't get when some of these Bachelor alumni come out and they're like, well, why would they cast this person? They're obviously not there for the for the Bachelor. What do they contribute? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like they contribute the drama that makes people want to watch the show. And also, it brings certain things to light, and it actually helps the show touch on certain issues. I mean, Luke P... The misogynistic pig that he was. Exactly. Like, there are people like that that still exist in the world. There are a lot of Victorias that exist in the world, and it really put a spotlight on that, the fact that this exists, and it needs to be addressed. Bullying happens from these people, and they need to be called out and held accountable for it, which she definitely was. In that way, it it's almost like teaching a lesson. And she, I mean, in her mind, she was there to win Matt. Yeah. And uh, in her words, she was the perfect person for him. And the producers can't predict what these people are going to do once they actually get to the show. In their interview and in their package that they sent, they might be a completely different person or they might just see the fun side of them. They're not actually seeing maybe all these other things when they first cast them. How are they supposed to predict that? Well, yeah, it's not like you're doing a chemistry read with another cast member, right? Like, yeah, they they think this person might be fun to have. Let's throw them on and see what happens. We know that The Bachelor is famous for that. To kind of call them out on that, I feel like is not really warranted. But we've also seen other seasons where the person that was kind of the villain actually was chosen by the lead. Like Vienna for Jake's season, and then there was another Ben like before Higgins who who chose the villain of his season as his final one. You don't know what the lead is going to be drawn to and attracted to. And if someone finds love and it becomes a love story, that just helps them out too. But if not, they have all this drama to point to and people are going to tune in for that, especially right now where our own lives are so relegated to our homes. And we're not allowed to go out and have our own drama. I hope they keep casting these people who are kind of combative and stuff. It's fun to see them. Fun when they go to paradise. Yes. It's fun to see the articles and the interviews. And and it brings up a conversation, like with Luke P being Mm -hmm. so mad that Hannah wasn't a virgin. Because it brings up that those things that we keep quiet. Yeah, those are real issues that exist in our world. Bachelor World has been criticized for creating this fantasy life that that has nothing to do with reality. So this is a dose of reality. People like this exist in society. And now we're more wiser to it. And maybe if we see someone now acting the way that Victoria did, that Anna did, that MJ is, maybe we will have more courage to step up and call them out. Yeah. And not just be a bystander or not just join in the mob mentality. Because I've been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I think we all have been guilty of that at some point. Yeah. Know? Oh, so. for sure. Get into the rose ceremony. They really whittled down the, the group, too. Because mm-hmm. there were so many women and we're already 
over the halfway point, and he still hasn't had really one-on-one time with so many of these women, so they're like, we need to get more people out of here. And I was surprised by some of his choices. So run us through the list, Jen. Who who did he keep? By giving the first two roses to Britt and Ryan, two of the newer girls, sending a message saying that they are welcome here, and the OGs really need to take a step back. Then we have Rachel, Serena P., Maggie, MJ, Jesenia, Katie, Abigail, Chelsea, Serena C, and Kit, which rounds out to 15 with Michelle, Piper, and Brie. The ones that went home, other than Anna, were Victoria, Lauren, Catalina, and Mari. The surprise for me was Lauren going when she had received a group date rose and Serena C staying. I have not really seen him have any contact with her. On the goodbyes, Victoria just went up to Matt and said, I'd feel sorry for you, and walked off. But the way he looked at her... And he didn't even say anything, and he was just like, I'm done with you. I don't know why you're still standing here. I don't don't know why these girls will, like, defend themselves to the bitter end as if it's not going to be aired on TV. I feel like they almost forget that the cameras are on them. They cannot backtrack and lie about what they've said and done because it's there. Because even when you go, it's taken out of context. It's like, yeah, but you, you still mm-hmm. said that, even if it was edited together. Like Nick Vial says, uh, you might have gotten a bad edit, but you still said that and did those things. They wouldn't have been able to put it in there if you didn't do those and say those things. So you need to take responsibility. Our little racist Rachel got the one-on-one today. Oh, God. (laughs) Racist, mm, ignorant. I just like Uh, the alliteration. Fair enough. (laughs) She might just be one of those people that doesn't understand the connection between the Confederate and the slavery movement of the United States and the Civil War. She just thinks it's a cool, colorful flag, maybe. Not sure how much education she has. I just think it's ironic because apparently she was someone who, when she was in high school, made fun of people for liking and dating black guys. What were you saying to? She thinks she's allowed to wear Native yeah, American. Yeah, that was the other one I saw. Was pictures of her and her family at various costumes parties in um, Native American various dress, and someone in her family defended it because the great great grandma or some relative was indigenous of some sort Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but if you don't practice the culture or support that culture i don't think you just get to like throw on a headdress and be like i am 156 cherokee so it's fine don't just get to use it as an excuse for something even if you are like we've been told it's like that kind of regalia is used in Mm -hmm. ceremonies sacred to those to various cultures it's not a catch-all to wear like a headdress it's not something you would just wear to a costume party No. You wouldn't do that. You would have more respect for that and, like you said, relegate it to the appropriate times or use it for the appropriate platforms. Yeah. But not wear it for a costume party. The dress would be different depending on your tribe, right? Yeah. So it's not like a headdress is every single tribe that exists in the continental United States. Yeah. I don't know. I call bullshit on that. I feel like that's the excuse that white people like to give. But she got to go shopping. So it's coincidental how we talked about last episode, how this whole escort thing, but if you were to go on a date and be treated like pretty woman and get to go shopping and have all these outfits, like none of us would say no to that. And who gets that date? Rachel. (laughs) She gets all these dresses and he gets to watch her try them on. Some of them were nice and some of them were questionable. And then he gives her a pair of lube boobs. Little Louboutins. Oops. The ones that I could never wear because my feet are really wide, so my pinky toe sticks out. That, that, the strap over the toes is so uncomfortable. 
to actually walk in and do anything in because it just cuts off your circulation to your toes. <laughs> so you can't feel them afterwards. So it's de definitely a sitting shoe, not a do anything else in shoe. But she comes back into the house with like all these bags. She's in a, the red dress. She's got her Louboutins on. She's yeah. got all these bags. And she gets hand delivered an evening gown for dinner. Yeah. By the very squeaky voice butler. Some of the other women who had one-on-ones are like, WTF. We went ATVing in the mud. I had to fucking like, roll around in the dirt. We got interrupted by donkeys. Like, but you get a full-on shopping spree. What the fuck? If you get one thing for being on The Bachelor, it's a lot of money worth of clothes. <laughs> they get to dinner, and it's interesting how Matt comments and says he sees all this confidence in her, and she actually tells him that she doesn't have a lot of self-confidence, and she thinks that he's out of her league. She goes the self-deprecating route, how she never thinks that she's good enough. She probably does feel like this to a certain extent, but how much of it do you think is a ploy for him to be like, you know, like fishing for compliments? Yeah. Right? Fishing for that reassurance that you're not out of my league. You're so beautiful. You're so this and that. As if she's never been told that in her life. Yeah. Because obviously we all have genuine insecurities, but mm -hmm. if there was a time that I was wearing shoes that cost a thousand dollars and a dress that was hand delivered to me by a butler, that would probably not be the day I thought, you know what? I'm ugly. That'd be Cinderella day. You know, that'd be like, I'm the baddest bitch. I look so good. Unless we had to go on that date and we were on our period. Yeah, if you were bloated, it'd be a bad day. I'd be like, it's oh like my God, how you have to you have to be in a good mental state to go shopping for jeans or a bikini. Struggle is real there. You have to have like the lighting and the mirror have to be a certain way for you to think that you look good. If you feel bloated or you feel icky, like it's just not. Or your a good... eyebrows look bad, or your hair isn't good. It's like you need a whole package together before you can go shopping. Especially with like some of the dresses being tighter fitting, and you know, there's a whole lot that goes on. <laughs> it's not just trying on clothing it's a whole mental thought process rachel gets two things she gets an eyes closed kiss what yeah. does it mean does it mean that he trusts them i don't know we're still debating over like this eyes how much of his eyes are closed when he kisses certain women does that mean he gets lost and trusts them or does it mean he needs to watch what they're doing? We have no idea. He makes fun of himself for being made fun of of doing this. That's kind of nice that he can kind of make light of right, it. Yes. And then she gets the rose and yep. he says that he is falling in love with her too. Did she say that she was falling in love with him? Yeah, okay, but I think I we, we actually both tuned that out. I still don't get what that means. I've never said that to a person in my whole life. I think I've, I like you. And then if I love the person, then I would say, I love you. Mm -hmm. There's, there hasn't been an in-between. I'm not going to go, you know what? We're not all the way up the ladder, but we're halfway. I think to them it means I'm not there yet, but it's definitely heading in that direction. And it's just letting that person know that it's more than just I like you. It's I can see a future with you Well, without having to give away the whole... I love you part at this point because it's still pretty early there's still a lot of women so you don't want to jump in full force with with just saying I love you but giving her the reassurance that you are having similar feelings that she is so that they're on the same page and I feel like it became so much more of a thing after it was a Ben season that he yeah. told two women I love, I love you. you even before Ben that's what they would say so that they could get away with not saying the I love you. But he went full on saying, I love you. He didn't say, I'm falling in love. He said, I love you. Which up to that point, all of them were saying, I'm falling in love with you because that's an easy out. But he changed the game by saying, I love you. So that was his part. And it was dramatic when that happened, It was right? the only dramatic part of his season. 
we find out that there's a group date coming up. The girls get a group date rose. Mm-hmm. Serena P, Bree, Katie, Piper, Serena C, Ryan, Michelle, Brittany, Maggie, Abigail, Chelsea, Jasenia, and MJ. <laughs> we had to like pause and rewind because there were so, so many of them. Many that we were like, we cannot keep up with how many names. The one person then is left is Kit. So Kit gets the one-on-one. And at this point, I thought that this would be the first person sent home on the one-on-one. That was my thinking. Eh. I was wrong. Incorrect. I was very wrong. Survey says no. (laughs) Unfortunately, very wrong. (laughs) They go on a date to a farm. Chickens. Matt's like, you know what? I may look fancy, but I'm a farmer. So here's Farmer Todd and chickens. MJ is scared of the chickens. You know, calm your shit. They're just chickens. You don't need to make a big deal about it. Okay, I grew up with a sister who was terrified of birds. I would have loved to have been in this situation with my sister (laughs) to, like, throw a chicken at her. (laughs) I love you, Jill. But... It would be fun. That'd be hilarious because you being a vegetarian, throwing a chicken at somebody else. You know, and then the women are are talking about how hard it is to see him be affectionate with others. Because MJ caught Piper and Matt making out. And this was interesting because she was doing her camera interview about the date and he just comes in and like lays one on her. I was kind of turned on by that, to be honest, because he kind of took control and he just like went in for it. And I was like, all right. (laughs) There's tears and it's hard. Whatever. It's always hard. Sorry, that's the show. Like, that's the thing is, I don't I don't know if I would have ever wanted to sign up for this show. I feel like part of me would have because I'd be like, oh, it'd be fun to be on The Bachelor. But the other part of me would have yeah. been like, you know what? I don't want to date the same guy as 20 other women. My two peppies with these women is when they go, I don't like that he's dating other girls. And I don't like that people made fun of me for something I did on national television. If you're going on this... You know. You're going to be scrutinized. So, like, why put yourself in this situation in the first place? Someone would scrutinize me for something and I wouldn't like it. So I don't think I would put myself out there in that situation where it's just me. It's hard enough for me to be the only girl in a guy's life, so I can't imagine trying to compete with 25 other women. I would go on it for the traveling. So I really wouldn't go on it now. No. And also, it's a lot of money. You have to buy all those dresses yeah. and outfits. You don't know how long you're going to be there for, so you could just be spending money that you just, like, I'd try to keep the tags on the dresses so I could return them. You know, it's just, it's a lot of to-do. The commitment. As we've seen, a lot of them have gone on to get followers, agents, have their music heard, whatever they, they're going to oh, do. Did you, but... Speaking of music heard, Chris and Brie broke up. No! Chris and Brie were the winning couple from Listen to My Heart. Or listen, listen to, to Your Heart. Listen to Your Heart, not My Heart. Listen to Your Heart, which was a Bachelor spinoff. And Brie and Glenn, oh, they were so good together. Okay, so even more so now, Katie needs to be a counselor on the show On the Rocks, which is a Bachelor spinoff of couples that got together during Bachelor and are now in trouble and separating or divorcing. Okay? There's a lot of them. Wow. There's a lot of that going on right now, and we need some help. Chris Harrison, this is a call out to you to get this on the books. On the rocks, the batch says it first. Okay. Hello. <laughs> All right, so going back, we are now in the cocktail part. After the date, Matt pulls Chelsea first. She <laughs> says she's awkward with guys, which I don't know. I never buy it when women say they're awkward with guys, especially hot girls. I never buy it. And it's always a hot girl who's mm-hmm. like, I'm just so shy and weird around guys. And she's like a double D and like a size zero and beautiful. I don't think Chelsea's a double D. She's like, a runway model and she probably has guys going after her all the time. 
again, we're making these assumptions based on her lifestyle. She was awkward to me because she kept doing this head tilt thing to the side. Every every time he would say a comment, she would just go like, oh, head tilt. <laughs> and not really contributing anything back in the conversation. I have mixed feelings about Chelsea now because she was really bitchy in the last couple episodes. Well, she was one of the ones that denied the toxicity in the house. I mean, though she actively contributed to it. Yeah. So I was like, you were there, bitch. Don't be saying, oh, I didn't know that this was a thing. Like, it's a thing. If right? you didn't know, you're so ignorant. Okay, Abigail. I feel so sorry for Abigail. Abigail needs a- If Abigail doesn't get a one-on-one next week, I'll throw hands. I'm gonna be so sad because- ha- She got the first impression, Rose. Still no one-on-one? Really? And really, we haven't seen him even give her that much time. Yeah. We haven't seen their connection on any group dates, on any cocktail one-on-ones. So she's like, I'm really confused at this point. And girl- I would be too. If I got the first impression rose and then really mad at, and then you've had to see him grow all these relationships with all these other women and have to be like, am I not special anymore? Where do you stand with me? So she goes and she takes her time with Matt. And I love that she goes and talks to him about if they were to start a family, there's a very good chance that their children would be deaf. Yeah, and she said that her dad left after Mm -hmm. her and her sister got their cochlear implants. The fact that her and her sister both have it means that it is a genetic... I don't want to call it a defect because we want to try to change the wording around these things. Genetic condition. It's a condition that was passed down. The likelihood of her children having it is very high because of that. And I like that she brings that up to him because that's not something that a lot of people have to consider. Sometimes genetic things come down... And you had no idea, it didn't really present itself in the family, and it's an anomaly. But in her case, it's a very real possibility, and it's something that they would need to pre-plan for. He addresses the fact that he doesn't know what, what the deafness would be like, but he also had an absent father that left him, so can identify with her on that. But he didn't really address how he felt about the possibility of his children being differently abled and living in a world yeah. that isn't built for them. Yeah, it would have been nice to hear him talk about that. I wonder if maybe, I don't know if he maybe doesn't see that with Abigail now. He seems to have drifted from her. There's other girls who seem to be in the front, like more in the front running. He did say that he still sees it with her. But if she doesn't get a one-on-one next week, I'm really questioning whether he does or not. And maybe he's just been overwhelmed with the amount of women there has been, so he hasn't been able to give her that time. There needs to be more reassurance there, because I I don't even know where his head is with her, so I can't imagine what she's feeling. Does he give Abigail the rose first, or does he talk to MJ? No, he talks to MJ first. Because MJ's name was also brought up to him as being an instigator in the bullying and mob mentality and wants to talk to her about her role in that. And her response of, I lead by example and I preach peace and harmony. Sorry, where was the peace and harmony? I've been looking for that for the last four episodes. Where's the peace and harmony been? Can we go back? to the other episodes and see how you created this whole varsity versus JV. She's just fucking been with Victoria being a see you next Tuesday to the other girls. I just, I can't stand people who think that they stand for these things and they don't. It's like, oh, I stand for peace and harmony. Same way as like, oh, I'm genuine and real. No, you're not. Own up to your behavior. Right? You were part of the problem and whether you thought that it was a joke or not doesn't excuse it. 
Doesn't mean you didn't hurt people. Doesn't mean it didn't have a negative effect. You can't just brush things off as a joke. Not once in the times that the other girls have spoken to her about this in this episode did she ever admit to anything she did wrong. Mm-hmm. Even when Jasenia said to her, okay, what about that varsity versus junior varsity thing? Couldn't even just admit that she said that and that it was a shitty thing to say. She had to be all, I preach harmony. And it's like, but what was that comment? That wasn't harmony. No, there was no apology. You know, Jasenia just does own up to her bringing MJ's name up to Matt. And she was like, I told him you said this because you said it. And MJ was like, oh, now I feel attacked because Katie's like, you're deflecting. You are not owning up to what you said you said it just say you said it i don't know what's so hard about that oh but it was a joke it was a joke no because you kept saying it even in this episode she she said the varsity comment just because you say it's a joke doesn't excuse you from any of that you're not a professional comedian you're not allowed to just brush off what you did because it was funny to you people got hurt just her whole attitude with this whole thing has it's just been shitty her defending herself it was constantly on defense constantly Mm -hmm. deflecting Mm -hmm. constantly making the girls who were just saying hey can you own up to what you said Mm -hmm. making them feel bad her attitude was poor she was definitely on the defensive because she had seen anna go home she had seen victoria go home for portraying that same behavior so obviously she doesn't want to go home but her her attitude towards it is not the same as theirs where like anna seemed remorseful afterwards victoria is just delusional but she she got scary yeah she got a scary look in her face and she's like y'all want to fight me i'm gonna fight like you she was about to shank somebody i would not want to meet her in a dark alley like she's the one that would come out with knives victoria was just like a mosquito anna was teeth but no bite uh, but mj she she's gonna come at you mj's mean with Definitely. daggers we're gonna come back t- to her and and that situation group date rose should be abigail's abigail gets it yes. reassuring her about it good i would like to see a one-on-one date between the two of them it needs to happen because i feel like that could be one that maybe she gets sent home for something just you know those ones where it's not necessarily they did anything wrong but it's just not it's not there it would be interesting because like, the first impression rose is usually make it to the top three or top two yeah again maybe it's just the fact that he had a lot of women to try to sort through and the ones that he has chosen for a one-on-one with the exception of kit in my opinion have been ones that i'm like okay i saw chemistry with you guys take the one-on-one take that time and maybe he feels really strong with abigail so he feels that he can have that space of time and still go back to her you know how you have those friends where it's like we don't really talk talk that often but, but every when, time you get yeah. back it's like you get right back into it's the like group. no time has passed i could possibly see that between them and maybe he knows that she's more of a mature uh, mindset so she can handle that it's been a lot of drama the last couple of weeks so it seems like he's just been dealing with mm-hmm. at least from the edit we see it's yeah. been just a lot of drama then we get to the one-on-one with kit this is a cooking date at where he lives it was cute when he was he's lighting candles and he's swiffer and things we all love when someone cleans oh yeah and cooking and setting out all the ingredients and stuff. i don't know if he did or the show did but it's nice it's nice to have someone do that for you and with you it was a very homey date yes definitely but I still, I cringe at this so much because she's 21 and she looks like a child. Like, she looks like a 
a child baking cookies with Uncle Matt. Yeah, and it was a little creepy. It was creepy and cringy, and I I mean, they might feel some kind of attraction and chemistry, but I can't get get behind it. She just, she also doesn't look, like, you've seen 21-year-olds who look for their age more mature. She Mm kind of just looks like, and she says it in her date, that she grew up rich, rich mom, well-known, successful mom, gold Bentleys and red carpet. Yeah. So she's sheltered, right? And she does talk about how she has some press stuff, like, she's had to put on a certain image and be presented a certain way so that she doesn't embarrass her mom i can understand that yeah it's hard to figure out who to trust on a regular basis but when you have to then look at people's intentions because you're in that spotlight and in that world it can be hard to see if you can form genuine connections with anyone i buy the fact that she has a big crush on him i just i don't i don't know how she could be ready to settle down and be ready for marriage at this point. I could see how maybe she would want a more grounded relationship mm-hmm. if her whole life has been like fashion shows and red carpets and gold Bentleys. Yeah, the whole getting married thing and that young. And then also if she doesn't want that lifestyle and if she wants wants a more grounded relationship, this is not the place to find it. Just being on here, you're automatically getting more followers, you're getting more eyes on you. Whether you end up with him or not, the attention is still going to be on you. And if you do end up with him, the attention is going to be on the both of you the entire way through. So this is not the right atmosphere to go if you're wanting to get away from the eyes of people. I'm calling it now. I think she's going to be a paradise sugar bear hair influencer. Sugar bear hair? You know the one that they always do? It's like the little blue gummies that they say are for your hair. Oh. Or like detox tea. Oh, detox tea. A fab fit fun box. I could see her doing fab fit fun. Maybe a HelloFresh subscription. She's too high end for for me. I think she's going to go home before hometowns. It would be interesting to see her life though. I guess they can't even do hometowns though. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how they uh, figure that out for the show this time around. She gets the rose. We both thought this was going to be one where she gets sent home. I think he's going to find that they're just not on the same page in life. No. Yeah, I don't see it. She's cute, though. I think she's she's paradise. Yeah, she's paradise. And this will be a good like learning experience for her relationship-wise. And maybe yeah. she gets to know a bit more of who she is as a person. Yeah. Um, and also their experiences. They are not on the same level with that. Like you said, her being sheltered and her div- living that different life than him, so drastically different. They're not going to have a lot of common ground to kind of talk about and relate about. And I think that's going to create a divide. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I did. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go far. But she got the rose. Yeah. We go back to the house. There's a knock at the door. The girls gasp. Surprise! And it's MJ and Jasenia are being summoned to talk to Matt before the rose ceremony. On a two-on-one. On a two-on-one. Not a date, but a two-on-one conversation. We see them go get dressed. The way they choreographed this. Oh, wow. Just was, applause. Snaps. It was, it was Hollywood movie quality there needs to be emmy for editing for the bachelor amazing it's really great work honestly they both got their power outfits on you got jesenia blue jumpsuit ensemble that looked great and then you got mj in her 80s power jacket with all the buttons and the big shoulders the pointy shoulders the the oh both of them flipping their hair with hair products and then they both come out the same time with their luggage and they place and it. And they both give each other a death stare. Dagger each other through the eyes. And then they get into the same vehicle. They're silent, looking out the windows, but you can feel the tension. And then they get there, and MJ just starts talking about how embarrassing this is for her to be there. Because Jasenia couldn't take her name out her mouth. 
because MJ is all harmony and peace. You know what I stand for. But then she proceeds to say, you don't know me. And Jasani is laughing at the whole thing. She's just like... She's like, when they roll the footage, they do a fourth wall break. Yeah. She goes, when it airs, he'll see. He'll see the truth. Which isn't wrong. He will see who you really are. If Jasenia had just shut it down, I would have loved if she had just sat there. It would have been more of a power move, if we're being honest. But I guess it's hard to be screamed at and not say something back. She laughs it off, and she's like, I know I'm in the right. I don't need to And we also all know that she's in the right, because Jasenia hasn't said a bad thing, really, towards these new girls. Actually, she was the one when Katie said, guys, let's stop this talk. Let's try to make them feel welcome in the house. And she's like... Yeah, you know what? You're right. They they have to live here. So when, again, when you roll the footage, when you roll the tapes, when you get the receipts, you can see that MJ's in the wrong here. And I don't get why these girls are so defensive. You know that you're in the wrong. Because it's the same like as a child when you get found out that you did something bad. You lie. You get defensive. You do everything you can to not be in trouble. I guess it's true. But it's just that thing that Instinct, I guess. that humans do. Like, we just don't want to be in trouble. For her, that trouble means getting sent home. Spoiler alerts for the next episode. She says, my greatest fear is losing you. I'm sorry, but what connection do you have? There's not something All there. these girls who are really dramatic. Oh, I don't want to lose Matt. It's like, did you ever have him? We obviously get to see, and they don't. So in their minds, maybe they think their relationship with him has progressed further than it actually has. But if you haven't had a one-on-one, and if you haven't even gotten a group date, Rose, I don't understand how you think that. No, I don't think so. The fact that you don't have those things under your belt, I don't know where the thought comes from that you think that you have this huge connection with him, unless you're just trying to tell yourself that to keep it together. Otherwise, you'll fall apart. Maybe. Maybe that's it. We get to a little sneak peek of next mm-hmm. week. MJ's crying. Mm-hmm. Piper has a one-on-one, it seems. Looks at a carnival. Yeah. Heather shows up in a white minivan. I was wondering when she was going to because she didn't come in with the new girls. And before and we sat down to watch, I said she's going to come next week. For her to come past the halfway point and to come so late in, there has to be some kind of story between her and Matt. What chance does she think she has coming so late into the season? Just a, another ploy to remain relevant. Because her whole thing was centered around never have been kissed. No, she's kissed Colton. She has no, no claim to fame. So she knows Matt, point. though, before right? She would have known him, I think, through the, like, quarantine crew situation because if she's friends with Hannah and Hannah still hangs out with Tyler and Tyler is Matt's best friend. Like, it's that whole thing again where they just all know each other. Yeah. She comes in. We'll see what that does. Chris Harrison's very dramatic. You can blow this whole thing up. You can destroy this whole thing. can she? She showed up in a white minivan. Can she? Hey, she doesn't seem like power figure enough for me. I feel like it's not going to be a big deal, honestly. And Tyler... Tyler pops up. We see Tyler come in. I know, I think most people have been anxious to get him in there. And then we also see another smackdown between two other ladies. Serena C wants to be relevant to an episode, it seems like, and she goes after Katie and calls her an arsonist for starting all these little fires. Katie, she's recognizing the fires. She's the person calling 911. I think Katie has the potential to be someone who is a snitch. We disagree on this because a snitch is someone who goes to somebody and calls people out for their own gain and their own benefit i don't feel katie does that she brought situations up to matt she didn't name names and she said that he needs to address it in the house because it's being toxic for a lot of people 
and he did that and he cleaned house. She didn't do it to get herself ahead or to make herself look better. Didn't brag about the fact that she was the one that did this and pat herself on the back. There's a difference for me between someone snitching and someone who is actually I don't standing think she's up been for a, what's right. I don't think she's been a snitch yet. I think she could have the possibility to become that if she's still not getting any time with Matt. She's losing that connection. I think she could have that capability. But she could have done that already, and she could have done that to get more of his time and attention. She didn't use it that way. I just, there's there's a lot of that. I feel like she could. I don't think she is yet. I feel like she could get there. And that's fine. But I mean, I disagree with that because she could have already, as, as, as other women have already done that, gone that way. Wouldn't that be a 180? Oh, I would be so devastated. I feel like I, I don't trust anybody anymore. All right, let's get to our top. I didn't actually write the name. I have not either. I'm just off the cuff here. Michelle is still a favorite for me. Yeah. Abigail. I think Bree's still up there. Is Rachel on your list? After that shopping date. She is, but I'm like, ugh. So, Michelle, Abigail, Bree, Rachel. I'm trying to think of my fifth. I still feel like Piper's in there, but I think those four. I think those are who you're going to see on Hometowns. I have... Pretty much the same. I have Michelle, Abigail, Brie, Rachel, and then I threw Serena P in there because it still seems like he has a something for her. But it seems like the same core women are holding strong, and even though he might be having like something with Kit and something with Chelsea, I don't think it'll last very long. And then pretty soon he has to start getting rid of people that there's been no connection with, like MJ, like Jasenia, like Serena C., and Maggie. Maggie's there, but she's not there. Like, the, she's yeah. not even shown in the group atmosphere at all. We don't get scenes with her talking to Matt. We got that one awkward dance scene from last time and her in the pumpkin, like, just floating on the river. But she she's not anywhere. No, I'm not seeing the sparks between the two of them. Yeah. I think she's beautiful. I think she's smart. I think it's cool that we have representation from another country that isn't Canada. It's like, that's all they used her for, maybe. Oh, for sure. Just to put her on. I think so. So they can be like, look at our diversity. Barely shown for anything except to kind of make fun of her. And she's probably quirky and has this great personality, but we don't get to see any of it. So. I hope because though she is lovely and she's here that she might stay in the franchise. Be on Paradise or pop up somewhere. That's the episode. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next week. Let the journey continue.